So we have a lot of uh, good speakers tonight. I'd like to introduce to you uh, Dr. Gail Tenen-Spock. She is the uh, Associate Vice President of Continuing and Education at uh, NJIT. And she's also the uh, holder of the, we have several talent networks that are being uh, hosted at NJIT, and she's the one that leads us all. So, Gail. I am so pleased to be here tonight with you. I am representing the university, but my focus is on manufacturers and veterans. There are some materials about the university at the registration table. Very quick, not a lot, so please take them. Um, but, I, but the focus tonight is on manufacturers and the veterans you might be interested now with the tips you're going to learn in hiring. We must first thank the Manufacturing Institute, the Alcoa Foundation, and NJBIA for their support of this event tonight for all of you. Thank you. What I decided to do was to read an email that I got on June 7th, just last week, from an NJIT alumni, since we are at NJIT, a veteran and a highly successful person who has been a CEO in manufacturing. And I just thought you would find it of interest to see how a connection, after you hire veterans, who may or may not have been educated at NJIT, but always can come back. <laughs> how, how it works, because it is a system, it is organic. How a, a college, a university, and a company, especially in manufacturing, which is in the DNA of this university, work together. So bear with me, I will not read everything, but this just came to me, and I said, this is the thing I wanted to share. Dear veteran students, he is addressing the veterans, students who are at NJIT now. So I know we have some alumni here, but this, there are many veterans at NJIT now. First of all, thank you for your service to the country. By way of introduction, I am an NCE, North College of Engineering, 66, veteran who is a member of Alpha Sigma Mu, the veterans fraternity that existed on campus from 1945 to 1985, a long run. At that time, membership was open to anyone who had served at least three years of active duty. During that period, we typically had an average frat membership of 35 to 40, representing all branches of the service. I and a few other veterans, alumni, have been interested for some time in helping NJIT to mount a recruiting program to encourage recently honorably discharged veterans to continue their education while working for you <laughs> as your employees um, in the same way you are doing to improve your career prospects. We also expressed the idea and solicited the support of Air Force four-star general, Ellen 
Palakowski, NJIT, 1978, for this idea on her visit to the campus, this campus, just a few weeks ago at a recent alumni event. Many things happen during their stay in, NJ, in, in Newark. During our days in Newark, our fraternity brothers were an important source of camaraderie that played an important role in having, helping each of us successfully make the transition from military to academic life to work. Because we had advantages of having a head start on life compared to the other incoming freshmen, they were younger at the time, our frat brothers were obviously more mature, more disciplined, and generally more serious about competing, completing our education and working responsibly. These are the veterans you're going to hear about tonight and why they are wonderful, wonderful talent for your companies. Looking back over the last 50 years, <laughs> um, many of, of our frat brothers have gone on to make significant contributions to our economy and national defense during their long careers. We firmly believe it's important for all universities to open a pathway by actively recruiting veterans to continue to work while they continue their education so that this tradition of contributing to our economy and defense of our society can continue. And it goes on like this, looking forward with warmest personal regards from the alumni. For those of you who are alumni of NJT in the room, I will read his name. It is Jim Rutt, in case any of you do know him. I thought it was quite appropriate. So thank you and welcome, and I turn the, the ceremony, the event, which you're going to learn over to Ray Vicari, the director of the Advanced Manufacturing Talent Network here at NJIT, and serving the state. Thank you, Gail. Uh, I remember that, that fraternity. I graduated here in 72. It was Alpha, Alpha Sigma Mu. They had the best parties on campus. It was great. Uh, so um, I forgot to mention that tonight's uh, events are being taped and being recorded by Manufacturing Talk Radio. We have Lou Weiss over there from Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is an internet uh, talk radio program. Uh, you can access this particular proceedings and others, other podcasts that they have, they, uh, they run a live session every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on mfgtalkradio.com. So uh, they are also going to be interviewing some of the speakers tonight after we're done with the events tonight. So welcome, Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'd also like to introduce briefly um, Tyler Seville from NJBIA, one of our co-sponsors. Tyler, want to say a few words? Thanks, Ray. Um, so first off, I just want to thank uh, NGIT as well as the Manufacturing Institute for, for hosting such a great event. Um, I also want to thank the, the current service members as well as uh, those who have served and uh, the veterans in the room. Thank you for your service. Uh, if I could. So uh, as, as Ray mentioned, my name is Tyler Seville. I'm the Director of Technology and Workforce Development for the New Jersey uh, Business and Industry Association. We are a trade association 
that represents over 2,000 manufacturers here in New Jersey. Um, our table is over there, and if you have any questions about uh, our advocacy work as well as the resources we provide for manufacturers, um, feel free to either speak to me as well as my colleague Wayne. Wayne, raise your hand. And um, we recently launched a new partnership with JobPath, and Carol, if you could, raise your hand. Um, you know, one of the things you, that you'll learn here tonight is that veterans have an amazing skill set that many manufacturers should be, should be able to take advantage of. Uh, they have the attention to detail, they can effectively communicate. Um, many of those skills that um, recent college graduates don't even have, uh, which is sad to say. But at, my point is, is that veterans can really add to your workforce. Um, and, and Job Path, as, long as, as, as well as with NGIT, um, you know, are, are providing that knowledge that really help um, educate veterans, but also educate employers on the, the value that, um, you know, veterans have to offer. Uh, so with that, I just want to thank you for coming out. Thank you, Tyler. And uh, just a, a little introduction myself. I, uh, I am the Director of Advanced Manufacturing Talent Network. Okay. You're going to see a video later. <laughs> that was the preview. I don't know if I could get it back, but uh, you'll see it. Anyway, Advanced Manufacturing Talent Network is a program funded by the State Department of Labor and hosted here at NJIT. And basically, uh, we work on creating high-quality, employer-driven partnerships throughout the state. So we're going to be reaching out to a lot of you manufacturers here. Um, you know, it's going to be manufacturer-driven, these partnerships. We want to know what your needs are. We want you to be driving how we're going to solve those needs. So we'll be working. You'll be hearing from me in the future. Now everybody's psyched up for, if you weren't before, you're psyched for uh, hiring veterans. And how are you going to do that? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before I do that, I want to introduce you to Mike Marchetti. He organized this tonight. And Janine Croner, stand up. Stand up, please. Janine, thank you very much. We also have uh, Gwen Scantlin. Gwen, are you still here? Come on. She's helped out tonight, too. Thank you very much. Now, with, with the dedication of people like this, uh, it makes life a lot easier, believe me. Thank you. So right now, I'd like to introduce to you Brent Weil. He's the Senior Vice President at the Manufacturing Institute. The Manufacturing Institute is a 501c3 organization, I think it is, of the National Association of Manufacturers. A few months ago, Brent contacted Michael and myself and said, hey, I got an idea. You know, we actually, we want to run a veterans program. We want to get manufacturers together. We want to tell them how to hire veterans. And we want to do this in several states throughout the country. And we selected New Jersey, the first one to do it. So uh, thank you very much for doing that. And we got funding from Alcoa Corporation. That's terrific. Uh, Brent, terrific resource. We uh, work a lot with the Manufacturing Institute. He'll tell you about some of those programs. Brent Wow. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. It's all good. Thank you very much uh, for that, Ray, and uh, thanks very much for NJIT. Uh, NJBIA is our state association group representing uh, uh, manufacturers here in, in New Jersey, and the National Association of Manufacturers, NAM, and the Manufacturing Institute really representing you. Uh, in Washington and around the country around the skills gap for manufacturing. So 
Uh, really pleased to have you here. I want to talk to you a few minutes about what brought us to New Jersey, what brought us specifically to look at veterans. Uh, we exist to help close the skills gap for manufacturers around the country. And when I did know that I wanted to put an event on here, I actually talked to a manufacturer that was here. Uh, they have a machine shop that was here, and I asked them about what are the talent needs here in New Jersey, and what are things like as you uh, are, are looking to hire people for positions? Are there things that you really need? Absolutely, it's really difficult right here. Well, what kinds of things do you need and how do you approach it? I desperately need machinists. I need a machinist with 10 years experience with this kind of equipment in an operation about my size doing the kind of work that we do. And I'm not sure if I said this enough, but I looked at, I looked at him and I, and I certainly thought, well, that's terrific. We'll work on putting a training program together that's going to meet those needs and get that person to you in 10 years. So what really animates us at the Manufacturing Institute is how do we look to ourselves and how we can sort of change some of our behaviors as manufacturers to make sure that we're doing everything we can to be open to the right workforce that we need, that we really go beyond looking at years of, you know, strictly at how many years of experience for that perfect candidate that maybe a few years ago we might be able to put uh, for a dollar or two more find that person to help take things into our own hands where we're building a pipeline of people into manufacturing careers that have the right kinds of skill sets that we can really understand and translate. Veterans are huge in that, but also huge in that is really that workforce that's coming up, coming through career and technical schools, coming through community colleges, and really working with them to say, when they complete the training program with you, I'm not going to tell you how to train them, but when they complete that training program with you, we want them to have industry standards for this in machining up to a NIMS standard, for example, if you've heard of that. Uh, welding, where they actually weld to a standard that we need, and that that's what we need. And together, I think we can get to that place. Uh, can I ask uh, those manufacturers here, how many of you have been to an event by the New Jersey Talent Network before? All right, so one thing that's really an opportunity today is to connect with Mike and Ray and the New Jersey Talent Network about the whole range of solutions that they're working for, about young people into manufacturing and really getting them excited about that and the right kinds of training programs that are there. Now, having said that, uh, I was in a difficult position following the general, I must say. So I, he's going to be able to say better than I ever could, I think, about really that skill set that vets possess. I will say that one of the key things that we've heard about veterans in companies looking to hire them is, first of all, how do we translate those skills? How do we really understand so that we can do that kind of a match? And the second is, how can we really best locate them? We really are committed to bringing them in our company. And when I say there's things that we all can do to kind of change our behavior, I will say that, for example, we worked with a company that had a priority for vets. They really wanted to hire vets. Uh, and they actually did have a two-year experience requirement for their uh, for their jobs that they had. And when they started taking a look at it, they said, wait a minute, did we include military experience in related 
occupation in the military in that? And the answer was no. Their HR had, hadn't put that into the mix. So they were able to change that and, and do more to put veterans into the mix. So we're really excited about this opportunity to really come together and attack the skills gap. It is not unique to New Jersey. I think you know this. Although New Jersey, of course, is the center of the world. It is not unique here. We are projecting over the next 10 years in studies that we have done, the latest we did with Deloitte, that looked at what is the talent gap in the United States. We need to fill 3.4 million jobs. Some of that are new jobs. A lot of that is retirees, as people are exiting the workforce and how we're going to really fill that talent. The really difficult news is that at the current rate of people going into manufacturing careers, we can fill 1.4 million of those. So I know you can do the math. The 2 million jobs that we need to fill over the next 10 years. We have to look at everybody to be able to do that. And today, we're going to start by really looking at veterans and how that talent source, both the thousands of veterans that are returning and in, from active duty, as well as those that have been uh, have transitioned out, have been working perhaps in other fields that we need to be at capturing and bringing that experience that uh, oftentimes military training uh, that matches up for manufacturing careers and that work ethic that uh, General Joda spoke of so eloquently. So we really need to make that happen. Um, you can probably guess there might be a video coming up that speaks to really what some companies have done and uh, when that's concluded then uh, um, I'd like our uh, panelists to come uh, join us and they're going to uh, provide some really practical examples of ways that they have uh, really focused on veterans as a career. We build robotic arc welding, cutting, and scanning cells, basically robotic automation for uh, automotive and industrial companies worldwide. You need people that are flexible. You need people that are problem solvers and that are solutions providers. Alco's very people-focused um, and a very values-driven organization. Talent is our only sustainable advantage. There's about 600,000 uh, manufacturing job shortage across the U.S. Because manufacturers today really suffer from finding quality workers, individuals with great skills. And we have a number of veterans that are transitioning back home that need to find their next employment opportunity. We see the veteran population as a great um, target to join our group to help with that shortage in skills. The veterans are really, really very good at executing plans. And veterans also bring a level of leadership that we don't typically find in some employees. With a veteran, you have an opportunity to get an individual that looks something larger than themselves. Their troubleshooting abilities are above and beyond a lot of different people. When you're hiring a veteran, you're hiring someone that's already proven that they have a technical and leadership skill set um, and that they're very adaptable. The Marine Corps mentality, we do more with less than that kind of thing. The fact that they're capable of, of taking care of, of tasks very quickly. Leadership, flexibility, adaptability, critical thinking. When I think about our nation's transitioning veterans and I think of the individual that's on the helicopter, that's flying, that's repairing, that's landing, that's machining the part. He has the opportunity to do that back at home. Those are the skills that manufacturers look for, and what better place to pull those skills than from our nation's transitioning veterans. We're here today to, to support the hiring of heroes, and uh, 
to participate in the job fair for veterans. Connecting people with the skills that are coming out of the military with the jobs that are available here. Wherever they are located, whatever their industry, is people, they all need people, they all have jobs open right now. Veterans represent a vast and rich pool of talent. This collection of people as a group is a huge potential workforce source for businesses. Striving to be a high-performing company, you need to hire high-performing talent, and you find that in veterans. Hiring veterans, you have to have economic development. The development, attraction, and retention of talent is the fundamental economic development strategy, the only, the, the one that matters most. We need people today. We've built competitive advantage around the leadership, the follow-through that we get from the veterans that we hire. Personally, thank you for all you've done to keep America strong and free, and Alcoa stands with you. Because we could throw a bunch of uh, jobs at veterans and, and check the box. That's not what we're about. Uh, we're about finding the right job for the right veteran with the right company. If our panel could come up, please. Okay, you can. Yeah. Well, nice video. Yeah. <laughs> Kendall, Joanne, and Nick joining Brent on the stage. The panel, please. So our first uh, presents presentations today, or a discussion, is going to be with uh, a, a really distinguished panel I'm honored to introduce. Uh, Kendall Ademujan is HR Specialist for Diversity Outreach at PSCG. Um, and really, there are very strong parallels between power generation and service and the other elements of PSCG and, and manufacturing. Uh, and uh, Kendall's really uh, going to be able to speak to the uh, the really sourcing veteran talent. Joanne Mitchell is senior project leader of Sandvik Corrimant, uh, and we partnered with Sandvik Corrimant, uh, really leveraging their outstanding machining training programs. I will say also that uh, we last saw Joanne Mitchell in Washington, D.C., where she was named as one of our 100 women honorees for women uh, in distinction in science, technology, engineering, and production. Uh, and uh, And Nick DiMatteo is Director of Corporate Education and Training at Middlesex Community College uh, and really can speak to support for companies with their talent needs. Uh, there's a priority for service for veterans and ways that you can get veterans into your company as well as support them uh, in your companies. So I'm going to start with Kendall. And thanks again for joining so much. Kendall, lots of companies, I've met some today, they say they want to hire veterans. Obviously, that's why they're here. I have a hard time finding them. How has PSCG made hiring veterans a reality? So for PSCG, can everybody hear me? For PSCG, we, um, as a company, have a focus to hire veterans, and it's kind of been in our heritage. Um, I stand for Public Service Enterprise Group, the parent company of PSCG, the utility business, but then we also have PSCG, uh, Fossil and Nuclear. So within um, BS, veteran outreach and uh, veteran recruitment has been at the forefront at our plants, both nuclear and fossil. Uh, veterans have the transferable skills that are, are fit for the jobs that we have within BS. So if they're a machinist or a welder or a uh, nuclear operator in the military, that is transferable to PSCG for the roles that we have. So for us, we, um, 
we, um, def- it's definitely in our heritage and we're, and a lot of our leadership um, are former military as well. So they understand the um, benefits that military would bring, and then we go back to the military, um, all branches of the military, to really attract um, the veterans to our organization. Okay, are there uh, any specific resources you could kind of uh, talk to uh, uh, as uh, some of those places that you've been able to go? Sure. So um, we do go to quite a few of the military bases throughout um, the nation. Um, there's a program called the TAP program, uh, Transition Assistance Program. So we go on base to talk directly to the veterans who are the service members who are transitioning out. Uh, we uh, send our uh, technical staff as well as HR to talk to them about PS, who we are, what we do, and, and the roles that they potentially can have with us. Um, so that's one place. We also uh, work a lot with the uh, one-stop uh, career centers throughout the um, state. Uh, there's the veterans rep, there's the business rep. So um, initially when I joined the staff three years ago, I reached out to them to identify myself and PSEG as an employer that's looking to hire veterans. And then I ex- explained the jobs that we had. And through them and that partnership, we get a lot of referrals from the one-stop. Um, we host events. Um, I've participated in a couple, um, they're called Jersey Job Clubs, um, where we talk to the jobs that we have. Um, and then we also work directly with some of the uh, veteran organizations that are in the state. The good thing about PS is that we are a company that's in New Jersey. Um, so we can work alongside um, the Department of Labor and as well as some of our veteran organizations that are primarily in New Jersey. One of those is the GI Go Fund that started here, right here in York. Um, so we attend their job fairs, um, and they connected us through Job Path. So we're actually an employer who posts their jobs there. Um, so those are certain uh, things that we do. Uh, we also work with um, Recruit Military. That is a um, uh, it's a website where you can post your jobs. Uh, they can shape your website, or you can send your jobs directly to them. And you can also attend their job fairs. And there's one in New York and in Philadelphia that we attend, but it is a nationwide uh, organization. And they, too, go to the uh, bases to recruit candidates to, it, um, to meet the different job uh, employers that are at the job fairs. So it's kind of, um, it's definitely a multi-prong approach. It's not, you know, just going to job fairs or just going on base. It's definitely getting out there and promoting your organization as an employer of choice, having your veteran employees come alongside with you, um, but also, um, and then so so attending events as well as building relationships. So it's a, a definitely a relationship building role. So, Joanne, I know uh, you and Sandra Corman are really passionate about veterans, passionate about training, and I know that you've got many of the skill needs that uh, many companies here need around machining and other areas. Uh, Talk to us, if you could, because I know that you spoke to me very passionately about the ability to really bring vets in and really um, take advantage of that skill set that veterans possess in those areas as well as trainability. Thank you, Gwen. Veterans work with some of the most sophisticated technology that you have ever seen. Most of us here, how many manufacturers are here? Can we just wave at each other? Hello. What we all know is technology has changed. That 1942 engine lathe that sits faithfully somewhere in a basement that we just can't bear to part with is not what we see in our labs or in our manufacturing floors. Our veterans work with this technology every day because they are working on joint strike fighters. 
They are working on highly sophisticated products, and they are familiar with it. The learning curve for our vets is a lot shorter than trying to find someone with a good aptitude and a good attitude, but maybe lacking the technical skills that we require in manufacturing. So for us, many times and in many, many applications, we have a lot of veterans in our IT and technology groups. We have a lot of veterans who are in our production processes, of which we have several here in the U.S. And today in our Fair One corporate headquarters, one of our more senior veterans was taking a leadership class with 20 students around the building. Veterans have skills that go everywhere. And as the general so kindly pointed out, they are adaptable. They have the soft skills that we need. They all show up on time. They all have safety equipment. They understand why safety equipment is important. And they know how to work in teams. And sometimes uh, that can be one of the most difficult lessons to teach people is how to work in teams and most, of course, large projects. One of my smallest project team right now is 22 people. So working in teams is a very important skill, especially for those of us who may have operations in more than one location. Understanding how to develop those relationships and having those skills, even if you're not face-to-face, -face, is also very important. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Nick, these are two large companies, uh, a lot of smaller companies. They want to they want to prioritize veterans, so they want to make sure they have the right kinds of training, may not know where to start, may not have those kinds of resources. Uh, what are some key tips that you would give for companies that can make a difference? Is they really look to, to, uh, to get that veteran talent in their company. States, states have a lot of programs to support those kind of efforts. And uh, your community colleges in your area could be a wonderful resource to help you find those people and to help you access the appropriate programs. Uh, all the community colleges have capabilities to do a broad range of training. The mix is different, a little bit different from one college to the other. But, for example, at Middlesex, we can do most of the advanced manufacturing training, uh, everything from CNC and PLC controls right down to the basics, print reading, uh, machine map, those kind of things. Uh, we all participate in a consortium of community colleges, and that consortium has two advanced manufacturing training trailers that we have access to, so we can set them up on our campus and do training there, or we can bring them out and set them up if you have enough people in your facilities. Uh, the other thing that we work with companies pretty closely to do is identify the small employers that have common training needs and set up groups. We, that way we can get groups that are large enough that it's cost effective to set up customized and specialized training programs for those uh, companies. Uh, so that's really one of the biggest assets we can bring to a smaller smaller employers, uh, and even with mid and larger employers, it's always an issue taking enough people off the floor at one time to keep the plan running and still go through training. So these kind of partnerships, these training groups, they work out real well for us. Uh, just this spring, 
Uh, Governor Christie had a press conference up in Union College and announced two, well, actually three new technology, excuse me, talent development centers, one of those being advanced manufacturing, and the other one is logistics, which would probably, probably be of interest to a lot of manufacturers. Uh, the host school for the logistics program is Union College, and the host school is Camden for the advanced manufacturing. But both of those, the healthcare uh, middle sex is not involved in, but we're involved in both of the others, and as are several other schools. And so those two programs have components for both helping you to recruit talent and train them prior to putting them into your plant to work, uh, and they also have components for training incumbent workers to upskill your entry-level people to mid-level jobs. And uh, the way we work with companies on those programs is uh, once we have three or four companies or more that are, have identified a need for a particular type of training, we'll promote that, work with the one-stop, uh, do promotional and do a, an information session where we'll bring candidates in, give them an overview of what we're looking to provide as far as a training program, and the employers can be there and set up what we call speed dating. When you set up small tables in the, and we actually let the, the potential employers interview the candidates and recommend to us, maybe for example, we got 30 people at an information center for a class that has 15 openings or 12 openings. We would, we would actually do that speed interview process, let all those manufacturers talk to those individuals and then give us a recommendation an evaluation of each candidate so that you actually are having some, at that point, some input into selecting who's going to get to go into that training program. Uh, we also try to work real closely with the potential employers to either bring people out to the plants for field trips or bring people from your plant in to talk to those folks about what goes on in your plant and how that's done so that when uh, those individuals get done with those types of training programs, you already kind of have an inside track on who, who you might want out of that group and also they know who you are. Uh, the other thing I'm not, I wanted to talk about that's a, a great program is called Ready to Work. And under the Ready to Work program, this specifically is made eligible for veterans, this program. Uh, the state will pay us to provide training, provide the training for your job candidates and Actually, while they're working for your company as trainees, you can get reimbursed potentially up to 90% of their salary. So that's another little program. And if you go onto the website, like this is called Ready to Work New Jersey, it's the website. All the information is there. There's buttons you can get. You know, just link right on and get all the information you really want to get. So that's uh, my advice is if, if you're looking for help, a great resource is go to the, the community college nearest you or call me and I'll get in touch with the right people. And uh, even if they don't end up being your training provider, they do this every day. We know who's doing what around the area and we can get you to the right people, the most appropriate uh, resources. Uh, and if I may, just take two more minutes because I have to share a veteran story while we're here talking about veterans. First 10 years of my career, I worked for Westinghouse. I'm from Pittsburgh. I, you guys probably didn't catch my accent. Uh, we, I, I was a control room operator in the synthetic fuel plant. It was a DOE plant, and I worked for Westinghouse, and we were the contractors that operated that plant. 
Uh, this was back when industry was in the throes of transitioning from analog to digital. So most of the private sector was still analog, and this plant was an R&D facility, so our product was that. We probably had more instrumentation and controls in that plant by tenfold than what you would have in a, in a normal commercial facility. Uh, we were entirely dependent on the instrumentation and control technicians to keep that plant running and to keep it operational. Uh, as a control room operator, if something was wrong, something didn't look right, and I needed somebody to, to go out and do the analytical, even though on the, on the cruise there would be no rights and electricians and all the trades, you sent that IMC guy out there to take a look, and he came back and told those guys, here's what's wrong, and here's what you have to do to fix it. To a man, to a man, the guys in our IMC lab were military trained guys, either out of the Navy or the Air Force. Most of them were Vietnam Air veterans. But they were they were the brains and they were the leadership on our operations crews. I mean, just I was a young guy, I was in my twenties, and so I looked up to them as individuals. And I can tell you, they were in our plan. They were viewed on a whole different plane than, than the rank and file. And I experienced that firsthand. So I, I have a question for uh, really uh, Kendall and Ann for Joanne. If uh, so, I mean, there's lots of ideas thrown out here today. There's going to be a few more coming. Uh, what would you suggest a company could do to really, you know, start making a dent and really raising their profile in the veteran community, getting more vets in, and keeping vets in the company for the because of those benefits that we recognize? One of the things we do, and we're a 150-year-old company and we're global, but we have a lot of people who work for us. We have 50,000 people around the globe. We ask for referrals. We ask our extended family of colleagues and coworkers, who have you got who's done something like this? And we have a lot, right now I work with eight, nine vets from various branches of the service, mostly Marines, a couple of Army people, mostly Marines right now, who came to us, uh, couple of them in entry-level positions because they knew we were looking for a particular skill set through the extended network that we have. And with 50,000 people at any given time as part of the company, that's a heck of a network. We reach out that way. Of course, we hire veterans. We hire people who come to us with the right skills. And as you know, we do a lot of our own training and education. We also work with a lot of education programs that focus on veterans. And one of them right here in New Jersey, uh, in Bergen County, actually had a very fine crop, the first go-round, which we came in and interviewed with, and one of my other manufacturing colleagues promptly hired the whole class, which left the rest of us somewhat red-faced. But it was great because that manufacturer filled the open positions that they had with very talented people who now had improved skills for civilian operations. So one of the ways is, of course, reach out to the people that you know, who know veterans. I am the proud daughter of an Army sergeant from the Korean era, and I, my, one of my brothers-in-law and one of my cousins served in Vietnam. Many of my daughter's friends are Iraqi and Afghanistan vets. 
and I won't go through my pedigree, but I have veterans in the family since World War One. They, these are people that we know, they're people that we're related to, that other people know who have great skills. Don't let them keep those skills a secret. So speaking of secrets, are you able to give the name of the education institution that was so, did such a great job? One of it was Dream It, Do It, which is part of the Manufacturing Institute. And the other education institution that we work with on a regular basis, which is not here in New Jersey, is Vincennes University out in Vincennes, Indiana, has a very fine six-week and 12-week certificate program for veterans. And of course, we work for workshops for warriors out on the West Coast in San Diego, who has a very large influx of veterans being demobilized through the Pacific Naval Base out there, the San Diego Naval Base. Workshop for Warriors is actually right across the street. But here in New Jersey, we work very closely with Dream and Do It and the Talent Network in education programs, as well as with Mecca Force, which is home right here in New Jersey and works with all of our community colleges throughout the state. Can I talk a little bit about Mecca Force? Mecca We're here to learn, right? MechaForce is a, an employer-driven program that was started here at NJIT, and it is with the Talent Network. And many people who are looking to use their skills in manufacturing have a desire to continue their education as well. MechaForce is a way for people to have a career and an education and a life all at the same time. MechaForce is a specially designed curriculum run through NJIT and its partner community colleges that will allow someone who is interested in a manufacturing job to work and to continue their education simultaneously. There are many ways to be a college student, even a student of advanced standing. I was one of those non-traditional advanced standing students. I got my MBA part-time while holding a full-time job at Sandvik. And MechaForce is designed to help people acquire not only the technical skills, but the other skills that one receives in a college education while using the skills that they have in a manufacturing job. And for more information about that, please see Dr. Spock or Ray Carroll. Kendall, a, a quick tip for uh, how a company could get started. Obviously, they're not going to be able to do everything that you mentioned all at once. Right. So, uh, definitely working with the one stop uh, is the best place that I would say to start uh, because they are here in, in uh, New Jersey and you can uh, let them know the jobs that you have and they can kind of tell you if you're unfamiliar with uh, working with military, what branch of the military you to target um, and um, which. Uh, and then they would be able to promote those jobs to those uh, veterans. Um, we actually have sponsored a program through Thomas Edison State College, the Military Veterans Portal, um, where veterans can put in their MOS and any other education that they have, and then it will kind of um, translate into if they continue classes at Thomas Edison, which types of degrees they would be eligible for. Um, and then we've taken that a step further to show them what jobs at PS would be a fit for those types of, um, for that background. Um, we also work um, with um, the 
with Rutgers University. They have a large uh, population of student veterans. Um, so uh, getting, um, so working with them to let them know what we have, um, and and they would get us some referrals. So if you're looking for people with an engineer, with a, um, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, then definitely going to the institutions um, to to get the veteran students. But if you're looking for those who um, essentially were in the military for a few years and then have um, subsequently left, um, and um, they haven't seen um, active duty, so they wouldn't get the, the veteran um, benefits that um, some uh, service members would get, then the one stop is the best place to go to. Um, and we've been very successful with the GI Go Fund uh, starting here in Newark. They have a couple job fairs um, that you can get onto, and then you can work hand in hand with them with job path. So they've been successful for us. Well, that's a, a lot of information. I will say um, that uh, I'm going to ask you if you have to be able to stay up here. We're going to get some more uh, speakers and information, uh, and then uh, I hope that you'll be able to answer questions uh, with them at the end, because I know I see people feverishly writing down information as well as some questions. So hopefully that you'll be able to stay. But uh, again, it's an honor to have you here, and, and thanks for sharing your experience. Thank you, panel. So we've got a couple more people to talk, and then they're going to join the panel, and you'll have a chance to ask questions, okay? Uh, there's a company, uh, Convertech, uh, president of the company, Larry Taitel. He's uh, located in Wharton, Wharton, New Jersey, way up by Route 15, off of Route 80. Uh, great operation. His father started the business, I think, in a garage, and now he's got how many people? hundred? I was close. And, uh, but he has... Yeah, one part of the building are all the older equipment, you know, the drill presses, the lathes, the milling machines. The other half of it, they've got CNC machines. You know, it's just an amazing outfit. Larry, unfortunately, got sick and he was not able to be here tonight. But we have two of his uh, veteran employees here tonight to tell us about their experiences as veterans working for a manufacturing firm. So I'd like to introduce you to Dan Haggard and... Ken Mahouchik. And then after you're done, say a few words here about your experiences and then join the panel and we'll have uh, another speaker and then we'll open up for questions and answers. Thank you. Hello everyone. My name is Dan Haggart. Uh, I'm an employee at Convertech and also a four-year Air Force veteran. Um, my job title in the Air Force was Aircraft Metals Technology. Um, we did welding, we did machining, metallurgy. We, the training we got from the Air Force is not just a one-trick pony. We were trained to be multitaskers, to be able to do more than one thing. And my employer, our employer, is very appreciative of the Air Force for giving us the training because, not to toot our own horns, but uh, we are the two top machinists in the company, and we're both Air Force veterans. Um, transitioning into the civilian world, uh, I wish there was a little more job placement, um, is what I guess I'm trying to say. That uh, was also back in 2004. There's there's websites now. I'm, I'm hoping that you know it's easier to, to transition. But um, if anybody has any questions, I'm going to be on the panel. So uh, here's Kenny, my coworker. Hi, my name is Ken Mahatrick. 
I'm a five-year vet. I was in the Air Force for five years. Again, like Dan said, in metal, metal technology. Uh, I learned machining and welding. And when I got out of the, the Air Force, I took a, took a month off to you know, see what I wanted to do in life. And I started working out as a welder in the company. And um, I left there when my aunt had contacted me and said she found a job posting on the Sussex County uh, Technical School's um, job posting board. And I had pulled it up and I talked with uh, Larry, or my uh, present employer. And I've been working here since uh, June of uh, 1995. And I gotta say, with my training in the Air Force, it really, really helped me um, make who I am today and helped me advance through the company. Like Dan said, we're both one of the highest you know, people in the company. We're, our employer looks to us if there's problems, help solve them, uh, fix the machinery, and you know, help, help train the new guys there. Very good. Thank you. At 7.30 tonight, the bidding starts. I'm, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, right now, I'd like to introduce you to Russ Yorks. Yorks or York? Yorks, I was correct. He's the uh, Director of Veterans Programs at the Workforce Opportunity Services, or WOS, as is known. We have a great relationship with NJIT with WOS. They bring a lot of uh, veterans to NJIT to be trained, and uh, he can explain his program now. Thank you, Russ. Here you go. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to make the assumption that because you're here, you all want to hire veterans. We've already heard about the why. Um, but I'm also going to make the assumption that some of you don't have in your companies veterans organizations that are dedicated to hiring and sourcing veterans. Um, so a little bit quickly about us, or I guess the overview. Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about WOS. I'm going to talk to you about how you can identify the right veterans um, for your organization, how to kind of get through the, the codes, the military occupation codes, how to reverse engineer that and find somebody based on the skill sets that you're looking for. Um, then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about specific recruitment resources that we use. Um, we are a nonprofit and we source about 250 veterans a year for 50 companies around the country. So these are specific resources that we use specific uh, to New Jersey. Um, so WS, very quickly, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and our mission is to work with veterans transitioning out of the military or who are in the Guard and Reserve, who are looking to find and secure a job with a corporation. Um, individuals that don't know how to go about that, they need help getting their foot in the door. We work as the liaison between the veteran and the corporate partners that we work with to provide the uh, veteran talent to the company, but at the same time to uh, provide the opportunity to the veterans. So the first thing um, is to understand what type of a veteran you're looking for. Um, a lot of companies that we work with, uh, when, when they say veteran, they don't really understand what that means. You have the active duty side, which would be individuals who work full-time in the military. Uh, that was their sole job. When they leave the military, they are separated completely, and they're looking for employment. 
You also have the reserves and the National Guard. These are individuals that may still be serving one weekend a month, two weeks a year. At WOS, we serve individuals both from the active duty side who have separated, but also individuals that are still currently serving in the reserves or the National Guard. A couple things um, to note here. Uh, first, if you're talking about active duty, uh, sort of the buzzwords over the last 10 years is post 9-11 service. You as a company need to identify what are you looking for um, in a service veteran, somebody that recently uh, transitioned out, uh, that would be within the last six months, the last year, might be very different than somebody that transitioned out uh, in 2001, somebody that transitioned out in 1991. Again, uh, individuals that are um, in the National Guard and Reserve are people that are still on, uh, still serving in the military. They may be younger. They may be uh, called up to uh, serve for an active duty deployment. Um, so understanding the right veteran for your organization is important. Next is sort of the veteran profile. We heard earlier um, uh, the general spoke a little bit about the NCO Corps, uh, the non-commissioned officers. Uh, but the way that we break it down, or that I would explain it, is, is there's three categories there. Really the only two that we're going to talk about are the enlisted and the officers. Uh, the warrant officers uh, only represent about 2% of the military, so um, not going to really address that. But for a manufacturing company looking to hire, understanding which group you're going to draw from. If you're looking for people to run the machines, if you're looking for people that have the hands-on technical experience, you're going to be looking at the enlisted corps. If you're looking for people that can run management, upper management, it would be more of the officers. Uh, as, as the general had mentioned, um, the NCO, the middle NCO tier there, the E5s, the E6s, those are individuals that have the technical knowledge and they're there to kind of teach the younger guys and girls coming in, uh, you know, the skills. The people that are in that first band, the E1 to E4, these are the individuals that are in there every day doing the job, day in and day out. And as you progress through the ranks, when you're starting at the E1, um, you know, you're coming in, you're, you're fresh out of tech school, you might not know the, the skill or the craft. As you progress to the E4, um, you're closer to sort of getting management experience, you're moving into that NCO level. Um, but understanding specifically which level um, of individual is also important. Compensation expectations, I always touch upon that as well. And I put a link down to the, uh, the mil tag, which will show you what exactly a military member is making when they're serving in the service. So, um, again, just some, uh, just some reference. And those are sort of rules of thumb. That doesn't necessarily mean that individuals would work outside those bands, but it's, it's a good rule of thumb uh, to go by. So once you know the type of veteran that you're looking at, you, you have identified the profile of the individual, um, the, next, uh, the next step is to understand what you're looking for, what is the best fit, for the roles that, that you're trying to source. Now, I included this slide 
um, up here because when we were talking last week about um, these presentations, uh, I was told that some of the frustration or some of the issues that uh, HR was facing was that they would get military codes and they didn't know how to how to decode them. Um, so here, and I'll use the example at the top, uh, that was actually my AFSC when I was in the Air Force. And that was actually what I put on my first resume because I didn't know how to write a resume. Um, so you may, from time to time, see 2A6X1. What is that? Well, the simplest way, if you get that on a resume, not just to throw it away, is what we do sometimes is we Google it. I'll put it into Google or I'll put it into the USMilitaryAbout.com and something will come up that tells me exactly what was the job duties, what were the requirements, what were the training. Um, also understanding that some of the training that we received uh, go beyond some of this. So when I was in the Air Force, I also received hazmat training. That's not necessarily on there, but that was an ancillary training that I took. Um, I learned how to drive a forklift. Uh, so there's a lot of extra training that's also included with the military service. Workplace safety, a lot of things that are important in, in the environments that uh, you're sourcing for. So Googling it or just popping it into the internet. Now there's all sorts of fancy tools and um, converters, you know, code converters and things like that that you can use. For me, that's the easiest and the quickest that I use. But even better, if you're looking for talent, there's a way that you can reverse engineer it if you know what skills you're looking for. And it's, it's really a, a very simple five-step process, and I'll, I'll sort of go through the screens later, and they are in the handout. But I, the website above, um, the, the ONET crosswalk, you follow the five steps. Literally, all you have to do, put it into a box, click a couple buttons, um, and, and hit the go button, and, and I'll show you the process. So say, say you're looking for a manufacturing position. Simply pop it into that box at the top and hit go. And then a list of different job roles will come up. So I selected, you look, potentially we had heard of uh, the need for welders and um, cutters earlier, so I think that was a, a good choice. But you pick which one specifically you're looking to source. Hit the custom tab, click a couple buttons with the crosswalk and, and putting in for the military uh, occupational classification down there, hit go. And out pops a bunch of the, of the various AFSCs in the service branches that you can source that particular skill set from. So again, if you know what you're looking for, it's very easy for you to identify what, where to go and what service branches um, and specific uh, job codes that you would be looking for. And I, and I know we talked, uh, we had a couple of welders up there. I don't know, is your AFSC up there? I, I hope so. 2A7. Senior. Senior the 2A7? Yeah, 2A7. So, so, so it works. Yes. Now that you have that, what do you do with it? Now, again, there's lots of different uh, resources out there that you can. Um, that you can use a lot of different organizations, veteran organizations. Some are free, some are paid. 
but here are the ones that we specifically use here in New Jersey. So we talked about and we've heard about the uh, military transition centers. We use these quite a bit. These are going, if you've identified that you're looking for people coming off of active duty, somebody that's a little bit closer to their service uh, separation date, that's where you would reach out here. And there's some contact information for you up here. If you're looking or uh, guard or reserve uh, members, um, the JSEF, uh, the Job Connection Education Program for the National Guard is a fantastic uh, program. Uh, you can reach out to them, tell them what you're looking for, and they will help you. They'll reach out to the different National Guard bases uh, and identify or help identify um, potential candidates. We used to use H2H, um, Heroes to Hire. Uh, they've now migrated over to the, uh, the vets.gov. Um, you can go over to their website, sign up uh, on their website. There's a tab very specifically to become an employer. Um, we also use S, uh, ESGR, Employer Support of Garden Reserve. Again, these are individuals that will can help you potentially source out of the reserve and the guard bases. Um, and then we've heard a lot about New Jersey Department of Labor and the one-stop career centers. Um, I, I put the main website up there. Uh, there's a lot of different centers depending on where you are. Um, each one of these should have a veteran's representative that you can reach out to. And then finally, other sources that we've used, WOS to source veterans. Uh, Hiring Our Heroes, they have a lot of uh, um, career fairs around the country, including some coming up in the area. Um, we use, and again, we source about 250 a year. We use a lot of online job boards, such as uh, Monster and LinkedIn. Now, these do come with a cost. And the downside of this is if you're just posting a job, you're going to get a lot of applications a lot of which may not be specific for what you're looking for. Um, we do a lot of social media. There's a lot of veterans on social media these days. Um, we heard about employee referrals. The nice thing about employee referrals is people tend to refer people that, they, that are good. They're not going to refer somebody, um, in our experience, that, that's going to be a problem. So referrals are a great resource. Um, and then finally, there's uh, veteran talent service providers, and this is a plug for us. There's companies, there's nonprofits like us that will work with you uh, to help you design a program. If you, if you need help sourcing, um, we're out there as well. I'll give you my card. I know I'm out of time, um, but that's a very quick overview of some of the resources that you have. I'll be up there, and afterwards, if, if you want to talk about additional um, resources, I'm happy to do so. Thank you. Any of these uh, slides available to the uh, audience afterwards? Yes. Or, okay, so yeah, I think they're being passed around. Oh, great. Good. Thank you. If anybody wants to, uh, you know, we could maybe email you some uh, after, after the meeting's over. Okay, good. Um, as part of organizing this event, there was another organization that uh, we were interested in getting here. Unfortunately, Things uh, didn't work out until the last minute, and they did show up tonight, Bridging the Gap. Eric, where's Eric from Bridging the Gap? Uh, they're going to have a display afterwards. Uh, you want to say a couple words while you're here uh, about your organization? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sorry about uh, the, the last-minute uh, commitment, but we're with a company called Bridging the Gap, and uh, we are both a uh, service-disabled veteran-owned business, 
and a, a nonprofit, a 501c3. So we are exactly what uh, the name says, which is bridging the gap for veterans, transitioning service members, and their family members, and uh, making the movement from active duty, or if you're a veteran, into the civilian sector. And we differentiate ourselves a little bit from traditional staffing firms by doing what we call a job shadowing program. So we take a two-day uh, opportunity for the veteran or the spouse to visit with the corporation, and that gives the corporation a chance to see the potential candidate and evaluate them in a longer-term period. And it also gives the veteran or the spouse an opportunity, instead of doing a traditional interview, but a couple days to look at the uh, corporation. An additional part of the uh, uh, career development uh, that we provide is we take the individual from their resume to uh, coaching to uh, the two-day job shadow. So it's a more robust program, and we've had some great success with small companies, medium-sized companies, and uh, international companies. Again, uh, my name's Eric. My partner's Greg here, um, and we're a Jersey-based company with offices in uh, Delaware, New York, and do business around the country. So thank you very much for your time and look forward to uh, answering any questions after uh, uh, we finish. Thank you. And you're veterans too, right? Yes. yes. We're both. I'm a Marine officer and Greg is a, uh, an Army scout. Very good. Thank you for serving. Okay. So for now, uh, the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to open up to questions that you may have at the panel. Uh, or anybody in the room who want to ask a Manufacturing Talk Radio question. Uh, but please address your questions to the panelists. Uh, we, and I ask you to speak in the microphone. Michael is having uh, two portable phones. I have one here. So if you have any questions, let us know and shoot right in front of you, Michael. Good afternoon. Chantel Robinson. And I work for a small defense contract Work for a contractor in Lakewood, New Jersey. Try the other one. And my question is around um, tax incentives and also salary reimbursement through the state of New Jersey. Can any of you speak in terms of that type of a program? So um, I can speak to that. Um, you're referring to the work opportunity tax credit. Um, so. We do uh, participate in that. It does um, have a heavy reliance on um, the military employee to complete the forms um, in the amount of time. Um, so if you're not familiar with it, there is um, funding out um, with the um, state that if and you just can Google Work Opportunity Tax Credit um, in, in New Jersey, and you'll see there's some parameters around it where you can get um, a, a tax credit for hiring service member who potentially, you know, just transitioned out six months or potentially was a disabled uh, veteran, and there's some other parameters around that. Um, and then uh, there's two forms that they would complete. You would get a copy of their GD-214 and then submit it into the Work Opportunity Tax Credit Coordinator um, down in Trenton. So um, that is a program that we support. Um, uh, it is a, it's not so much a labor-intensive, it's really getting the veteran to complete the form. Um, because um, one of the challenges that we find 
at PS and, and other organizations in the industry, while we do have a desire to hire veterans, and not all will self-identify. Um, so if they don't self-identify, we don't know um, um, of them in advance so that we can get them the, the proper um, uh, documentation. So that is something that we worked to. And then there's another program through um, uh, the state where we can, um, uh, the veterans can get, be reimbursed for salary. So with us, our entry-level positions are hourly wage. We um, work through the union. So as you saw from the numbers on the list, uh, when you have veterans who've been in the military maybe you know four, five, six years, they're used to a salary you know fifty or I guess about forty to fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, and our rates um, typically start off um, with some of our technicians that are like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars. So potentially with overtime, they could get to that. Um, but through the state, there's some um, support that they can apply for, and we've signed off on quite a few of our veteran new hires where it kind of bridges the gap. Not just just your company name, but, you know, if you know our salary would pay them, I don't know, let's say $40,000 and they're used to $50,000, then there's some money available through the state that they can sign up for. We would need to complete it. And I think it's from six months to maybe a year where it would offset the cost of their um, Okay. And then there's also through, and I guess you could speak to it as well. But so yes, we do work through those two programs. Great, thank you. Other questions? It's not on. My name's Ken. Uh, I'm from a small. Also. Uh, my question is specifically directed to the two gentlemen from Convertech, um, but anybody who would like to answer can. Um, in terms of making a transition out of the military to the uh, were there any um, unexpected hiccups or pain points or challenges uh, in making the transition that maybe a new employer who's the first time they're hiring a veteran should be aware of to help smooth along the transition? Uh, for me, it was fairly smooth. Um, I got out, what the Air Force gave me was confidence. So I got out and I knew I could get a job anywhere doing anything um, pertaining to welding machining. So uh, transitioning was, was not a problem for myself, speaking for myself. Um, I got out and landed the first job with Larry at Convertech, and that was it. <laughs> and I've been there for now, going on 13 years. and. It was easy for me. It was easy for me. Any other panel members? Any, any problems? In, okay. Um, for PS, um, so I'm not a veteran, but I do work alongside um, our veteran employees. And for us, the veterans that we speak to, it is a difficult process. A lot of times they come out of the military thinking, you know, I've served my country, now let me find a job, and a company should be happy to take me, right? Um, and while we are, it's um, difficult sometimes for veterans to really transition their resume to really showcase the skills that they have. So if it's an employer that's not familiar with some of the military occupation codes, it can be difficult for a veteran to really highlight their benefits um, to what they could bring to the organization. So first, it's, I'm happy to hear that it's been positive um, for you two. But I've been hearing that it is kind of difficult. And you'll, as you go to job fairs, you'll start to see some of the ones who potentially have been a little disgruntled at the time it's taking for them to um, find employment. Because in the military, you know, they have a job, they want to show up, they want to do a good job and go back home. Um, and so it, it, it is a challenge at times for some of them. I've seen. 
Other questions? Okay. Well, thank you, panelists, again, for participating, making your contributions. Uh, you know, in summary, I think we've got a lot of good information. Hopefully, you agree. You know, we talked about uh, you know, the, the TAP program at military bases, how you can go maybe visit. You know, I, I know PSE&G visits a military base, but I wonder if an independent uh, manufacturer could do the same thing. You know, it may not be a little, a little harder for them to do that. Do you have a question? Tomorrow with TAP. So TAP does monthly programs, and they uh, separate approximately 150 to 200 people every month. Mm. Uh, but tomorrow specifically, there's a job fair on the base uh, from nine to eleven. Where's that? The joint base in uh, joint base. Yeah. 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 Okay. How do you get on? How do you learn about these job fairs? Is there a Talk website? Talk to Bridging the Gap. Okay, thank you. And then you have, uh, you can go to the One Stop Career Centers. Uh, they do a good job of transitioning, helping the manufacturer, the uh, veterans with their resumes and transitioning from military jargon. Gail. Yes, here you go. Many, many useful tips, resources were, were spoken about tonight. I hope everyone agrees that that's the case. But it went quickly. Um, would you be the source, since everyone here has your name, to be able to provide more details about what was said? Yes, references? For sure. So please, uh, um, I saw people scribbling furiously. Yeah. Ray will help you, and we're very happy to do that to all the wonderful participants tonight. So very good. Thank, thank you, you, Ray. Yes. Uh, I may even summarize some of the some notes from tonight, and if anybody has uh, any follow-up questions, certainly contact me. For now, uh, I invite you to a networking reception and dinner and drinks over in this area. This is an opportunity for you to mingle and talk, ask questions on the side, and get to know each other. Thank you very much for participating, and we look forward to working with you more in the future. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.